and welcome to Big Gay Energy. I'm Bree. I'm Theora. And I'm Caitlin. Come along with us while we dive into the fun and nuances of queer media. Representation matters, and we're here to talk about it. That's how we start the episode. That's how we're starting the episode. <laughs> no context. Just go, Caitlin. <laughs> No, you gotta say biscuit baby. <laughs> well, welcome back, everyone. <laughs> welcome back to coming out. <laughs> biscuit baby style. Biscuit Whatever baby. That is. <laughs> okay. They fully distracted me now. Um anyway. So we have just talked about our personal coming out stories, and it took a hell of a lot longer than I thought it would. So now welcome to the section where we actually talk about scenes from TV shows and talk about why they're important. And we, I will, we will put all the links to the episode's scenes that we talk about in the description and notes. I will get through this. I forget what else I was going to say in the beginning. So let's just get into it. Bad our boy. first scene. Well, our first like category is like kids get to see representation. So I think a common theme for all of us is if we saw the representation when we were younger, maybe we could have realized it quicker and not been like, you know, so in our heads most of our life. Agonizing. Yeah. So the first part is we're talking about the courage to come out. And the first scene I have is Tess from This Is Us. There's one of her and her uncle in a car. And he's just telling her, all you have to do is just Tell random people. That's how you can get used to saying it. So he takes her to the drive-thru and she has to say, tell the drive-thru worker that she's gay. And I just love this scene because, like I mentioned in my coming out story, I just kept telling people. And I'm like, this, this is the way I'll get used to it. Like, I'll just, I'm like, I know I don't have to tell you, but I'm gay. <laughs> and they're like, okay and no one knows what to say i love the realism of the drive-thru worker in this yeah. he's like cool did you want fries exactly like, what, can we move along this line yeah i also <laughs> love so that real. it's like a clown like it's like a clown head <laughs> right, right yeah because that also like takes some of the fear out of it too exactly. she's not talking directly to a person's face it's like to an object and there's a person behind it so it's like that extra like extra layer of safety yes thank you thank you thank you uh yeah exactly versus like the next person she could tell straight to their face like it's like incremental like to get to it yeah i just thought it was a really cute way to deal with that problem so kudos to whoever wrote that and the relief on her face though afterwards like you could just feel it you could feel it yeah, and like it's also what's nice in this scene too is it's just a supportive family member, which not everybody gets, and it's mm-hmm. just to have that that by itself is so huge. And then to have them 
help you in this way that's actually helpful versus like lecturing you about stuff like Mm -hmm. you know was this was so this is a very unique scene i've never seen anything quite like this and it's very very adorable and powerful and just supportive all around so yeah this whole show is pretty powerful i feel like that's what i've heard (laughs) yeah it's it's a lot well i mean it's the next scene really shows that oh yeah oh my god her family in general is super yeah. great from these two scenes. I've never seen the show. So yeah. if I'm wrong. <laughs> it's fine. No, it's they have a they have an interesting family who I'm sure. Yeah. But they're always there for each other at the end of the day because this is us. <laughs> Sorry, that was a really stupid I mean, no, is that it was that great. It was, it was great. it was my level joke, so I give you points. <laughs> Caitlin and Brie are merging, is what I was thinking. <laughs> We've been sharing the, same the brain person cell. since yeah. we met. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, so again, I. It's not, I forgot the word. I related, related. To her because she was literally like crying, telling them. Oh, what is the next scene? What is the next scene? Sorry. (laughs) It's okay. Uh, The next scene is the same character and she's trying to tell her parents because she's been acting weird. And I guess I don't know what happened because I didn't see this part of the show. And I guess she was like acting out or something and they couldn't understand why. And so she's just crying, like trying to explain why she's been so different lately and that she's scared of her parents. Mm-hmm. And they're not really, they're not scary people because like they've pretty much always been supportive of her. But when you're going through this, you like, this could be something totally different. You never know how anyone is going to react, unfortunately. Yeah. So she finally gets to tell them and then she's like, I just want to tell you, I don't want to talk about it right now, but yeah. this is what it's going on. And I love that they just let her go. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, thank you You'll for telling here us. If you want to talk to us, but yeah, you know, I love that the mom came around the counter so that mm-hmm. she could look her in the, in the eye and be like, yeah. look at me. You know, we love you. Look at your dad. <laughs> that was so cool. I I love that part. It was really cute. And I, I, I love the way in the beginning, the way she's, when she's trying to get into it, and she's explaining that, like, she says something about, like, stomach aches and secrets. Mm-hmm. And that is really what it feels like. And it, it's, it, it eats you up from the inside is, like, the point here, which is so true. And it's, like, something that really should, like... It's stupid we have to go through this, but this is what it is. And I love when she's, again, like, it's like the, I think she did like the incremental coming out thing where she's like, I don't want boys. Uh, Then I says like, okay, I'm gay. Like at the end. And then the dad immediately is like, when she's like, I don't want boys. He's like, you know, it's always been a dream of mine that you wouldn't have a boyfriend. And like, that is so ironic and then relatable because I was like, my dad's mentality too. So it's like, no, no, no. I want women though. And then it's like, oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. Um, but the parrots g- come around really quickly. And I like that they say, um, this doesn't, 
this doesn't have to be a thing. Like, she's like, I don't want this to be, I don't really want to talk about it. I don't want this to be a thing. And they're like, this doesn't have to be a thing. Like, we love you. Like, that's the right way to handle this. Like, it was Mm -hmm. so, again, supportive. It let her be her own person instead of them trying to lecture her or, like, project their feelings onto her. They're like, okay, we love you. Thanks for telling us. Like, this doesn't need to be a thing unless you want it to be. Like, this is yours, not us. Like, thanks for telling us. We support you kind of thing. Yeah, you got to give, you got to give people and especially kids space to process. Oh, absolutely. And people forget that kids are people, like independent people, you know, like they have, they need to process things themselves. And sometimes that just manifests differently because like they're still growing and learning. And so I love that they gave her space to just exist. Like kids don't get that a lot. They get their privacy invaded by their parents all the time. I feel like parents typically would have like made them, made her sit down and be like, yeah. Well, let's talk about it. Yeah, talk like, it what's out. What's going on? Like, no. Just just let her do it in her own time. Yeah, I think that's so important and people forget that, especially with kids. Yes. Huzzah! On to our next scene. Our next scene is a Disney Channel show. And this show is called Andy Mac. And people know it for multiple reasons, but the first time I watched it, I instantly like the show blew my mind because in the first in the pilot episode, there is a huge twist that I mean, I didn't see coming. Everybody else can see it coming, but we've already established that I'm oblivious to most things. So but it's a topic that I never thought Disney Channel would cover. I recommend watching it. Anyway. Cyrus is like the first character to come out on the Disney Channel. And the way he first does it is he takes his best friend Buffy. He has two best friends, Andy and Buffy. But he takes Buffy to... <laughs> yes, that's who she was named after. Um, yeah, they, they mention it. He takes her to a spot where they always go after school to get like milkshakes and tater tots. And the music just kind of stops. Like, there's no audio. I mean, there is. It's just natural sound of him just sitting there and trying to tell her that he's gay. And she's trying to guess what's wrong with him. And he's like, so I'm jealous of Andy and Jonah. Because Andy and Jonah are a couple. And Buffy goes, are you do you like Andy? And he is like on the verge of tears and he, all he can do is shake his head. No. And then she understands that he's talking about Jonah and that he has a crush on Jonah. And the first time I saw this scene, I don't know, like just watching it and knowing that it's on Disney channel and that there is going to be kids watching this who this could really help. I just felt like it was such an impactful scene. And I want to know what you guys thought of that one. There is a couple others that are in this one video that we're going to link down below. Uh, I thought it was a really big deal for the freaking Disney Channel, which, I mean, I grew up in 
the time period before that was like a really big thing. Like by the time that Disney Channel kind of exploded, I was in college. And so I never really watched it. But going back and watching this, it was like, well, I mean, damn, <laughs> this is like a huge thing. Like, like you said, like if we'd had stuff like this when we were younger, maybe it would have clicked a little more or we would have had an easier time. So I'm really glad somebody gets to, got to see this and hopefully impacted the way it needed to for, for somebody, you know, resonated and helped some kids because we got to remember that it's not just about making life harder for for kids growing up struggling with their identity it's also like life-threatening so there's just this scene's not gonna make a child gay just by no. watching it and that's what the the kind of kickback from family groups and whatnot about yeah. well the disney channel shouldn't be getting you know getting into the and it's like what is the what is media for but to help people okay. well they shouldn't show andy and jonah getting together exactly right it's, it's literally a double, the same the, thing the double standard is ridiculous but yes. it was really important i'm really glad it exists and and i think that you can see the from the landscape of more i mean it changes so quickly from when like theora and i were growing up to this it wasn't yeah. that long until this happened so you see the impact of it and now we're in a it's kind of like a one step forward two steps back kind of situation with the world but we just keep going forward and that's amazing so yeah it literally it well acted yeah yes. that too everything you guys just said i want to add to that i also like the normalization of the friend mm -hmm. in this scenario too because again if you're not queer and watching this then it kind of is a template for like how do i react if this happens like if a friend yeah. comes out to me what what do i what's a good behavior to like emulate right and so i love that the friend puts it like he never says i'm gay in this scene he just is like trying to like be like this is what's bothering me and the friend buffy puts it together before he even says it she's like oh that's what's happening and like once she's like i get what's happening here he looks relieved he's like okay thank god you understand what's happening like so it's it's very it's like how to be a supportive friend kind of yeah. like template too and i think that is really important like not just the coming out piece but like the fr supportive friendship that there it's like this is how we support each other like and yeah that seems to be a theme with like gen z gen alpha in general so like for them to have that like yeah like just be be empathetic be a good person in when your friend is struggling no matter what it is like that's the message here really like and i think that piece is important too and they reiterate that over a couple different scenes. Yeah. Like when he, he comes out to each friend individually. Mm -hmm. So he comes out to, and like not like actually coming out is always, he only actually comes out to Jonah. Right. Everybody else is just, I like Jonah. Right. <laughs> so he tells Andy when she's having issues with Jonah. And I just, the whole scene plays, but I just love at the end where they just go, 
finally, someone who gets it. He's so yeah. frustrating. I know. That was my favorite part. was like, he's so frustrating, isn't he? It's like, I know. And it was just so cute to see that Andy wasn't like, like, you like my boyfriend. Yeah. yeah. And, like, they were just like, oh, cool. I have someone to talk to about this. Yeah. I, I like the difference between her and Buffy, too, because she takes a minute to process what's happening. But at the end of the day, this is like found family strong friendship group which is very sweet like even like jonah too doesn't react weirdly to it he's like okay yeah like yeah. what is but that like, food the way he's like it's this 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 and i'm gay i'm gay <laughs> like oh okay and the friends were just like oh so th- you, okay <laughs> just we're just diving in <laughs> and he ate the wrong food anyway i know that was hilarious <laughs> But yeah, the whole thing was cute because, and also you rarely, I mean, maybe this is my bias, but like, it's definitely harder. I feel like it's harder for men mm-hmm. to come out, especially to other men. Mm-hmm. So like that scene was really great where Jonah is like, okay, sure. What's I also happening? love that afterwards they, they all kind of have like that moment where they get close together and hug or whatever kind mm-hmm. of hug and i i love that they they had jonah and cyrus touching mm-hmm. yeah so that was a yeah in my brain i'm like oh is he gonna like not because you know with guys there's usually uh like a we're not gonna be intimate or hug or any of that kind of thing right so i just thought it was important that was an important thing too. Yeah. To show I, that that jo- or that Jonah wasn't afraid to like be close to Cyrus. Yeah. Like it changed nothing about that. Yeah, friendship. exactly. Bless you. Bless you. Thank you. <laughs> bless you with the devil's hand. <laughs> Lesbian yeah. Jesus blesses you. Lesbian Jesus yes. blessed me with a sneeze. <laughs> But yeah, I agree. I agree with that. That that was I didn't even catch that. That's a really good point. Yeah, because like with men, it's like, oh, don't touch me. You're gay. I might catch your gayness. Mm-hmm. But like that, it literally changed nothing. Like you said, that's so important. And it wasn't this storyline isn't just thrown in there. It doesn't become who Cyrus is, but it doesn't get thrown out either. After mm-hmm. these few episodes, he gets a boyfriend in the show, and you that's get to see them cute. together. I think there might be a kiss, like, just a quick one. I like the hand-holding scene. Yes, that was cute. Yeah. I don't remember, though. I didn't I didn't finish a show. And unfortunately, you can't see most of the episodes online anymore. But we won't get into that reason. <laughs> Next scene? Yep. Yeah. So now we're going to talk about kids coming out as trans in tv shows and the first one i wanted to put in because it caught me off guard because you don't see it coming in the show at all and this is the show good girls and i don't know i don't even remember the characters names oh my gosh i didn't i haven't watched it for so long oh my god but (laughs) me too (laughs) But this, basically, one of the main girls, who's the youngest, um, she just got back from helping her ex-husband's current wife have their child. 
And she comes back and checks on her daughter at basically. I don't want to. Yeah. And she talks about how it went. She's like, everything's good. And as she's leaving, she says, it's a boy. And Ben just, Ben was in bed and she's just saying goodnight to him. We'll just say him. And he says, mom, so am I. And I was just like, it was just so, it catches you off guard. So you kind of feel like the mom in that instant. You're like, oh, okay. And then just the way she reacts and she's just, she looks upset, but no, she's just like, I just love you. And then so she hugs him and she's like, I always wanted a boy. No, that was the best part. (laughs) Uh, Mom of the year award. Yeah. Yeah. And like she's just immediately into, okay, like later, I think the next episode, she's like, all right, we've got to do all the medical stuff. Like, let's get you what you need. And it's just so great. One of the great things about them, too, is that, yeah, this kind of, it it's very abrupt the way Ben chooses to do it. Ben, ben just seizes an opportunity and does it. But it's it's very clear throughout the whole, I did watch the show up to a certain point, but it's very clear, like, the two of them, because she's, like, single mom raising mm-hmm. Ben, they are very close, like, the whole show. Like, they're just close. So I think that's that's so helpful because then when Ben gets to this point, he does feel comfortable actually telling his mom versus, like, having all the turmoil and all this stuff because mom is so supportive always. And so it's just... It's so great. And like her reaction, like their their relationship is very, very cute. And like Ben too, like they, there's a point, I think, in this clip where he says, like, basically, like, I chose to tell you first. And it's it's obvious why, because mom is so clearly supportive of him and like they're like best friends. So it's just there it's wasn't very much hesitation. None. It was like, there oh, was there, there's a there's an opening for me to say this. I'm just gonna say I'm it. Just gonna say it. He's been supported all his life. Exactly. And that's the most important thing. Yeah. And even like pre this coming out, like it's clear that like he was kind of experimenting, like got the short hair, the way Mm -hmm. he would dress and like mom would buy him all these clothes. And so like, it's not a huge shock to mom either. And mom's like, yeah, you want this? This feels like you? Sure. Like even before Ben's like, yeah, I'm trans. Like, so it's very clear mom was always supporting him. So like, because of that, I think Ben is in probably the best situation you could ever be as a kid going through this, who has a mom that's always been supporting him, like, as he was figuring this out. And so, like, it's just very sweet. And that that's how it should be. It's so good. It's a very good scene. If you haven't seen it, go go see it. It restores your faith in humanity. It's not even that long. It's just no, it's so it's sweet. it's so good. It's very sweet. You have anything else, Bree? No, I'm good. Okay, cool. So, the next show that I'm bringing up is called First Day. And basically, I don't think many people know about this show. It's on Hulu. And it's an Australian show. I think there's only like six or eight episodes a season. There's only two seasons. Actually, there's four. I think there's four episodes. Weird. But. Interesting. So it's not very long, but it's about this girl, Hannah, who is a she was male at birth and but it the show starts out with her being Hannah like she is Hannah 
That's how everybody knows her. Nobody knows. I mean, obviously her family knows, but no one at school. So she has to go to school. Well, you can watch a show. But basically, I brought this show up because she gets outed and people find out that she's trans. And she had three close best friends and the one just stopped talking to her. And there's a scene that I have on here that she tries to talk to that friend and be like, what's going on? And the friend just keeps talking about like, my mom said that you should have told us so we could decide if we wanted to be your friend and all that. So it was always like my mom, my mom, like, because of her mom's prejudice against people, trans people. That's why this daughter doesn't want to be Hannah's friend. And that is kind of, that that is heartbreaking because later you see a scene around a campfire where all the students, they're at this like camp thing and she was so worried about going, but they're all around this campfire and someone asks I forget what the first question was. I don't know if it was like, did you get to choose your name or something like that? And at first Hannah was like, do I really want to answer these? But she was like, no, I'll just tell you whatever you want. And everyone's just so comfortable asking questions. And it just becomes like normal. Like they're all just like goofing around by the end of the scene. And I, that just shows you how, kids don't have this prejudice built into them and it's the people who raise them that they grow up around that are really influencing what they're thinking but it's not innate in them to hate people basically yeah oh you're muted Thank you. <laughs> it goes back to like society, unfortunately, is performative. And parents, whether they know it or not, indoctrinate their children into certain ways of thinking. Um, and you hit the nail on the head, like with the way the kids like, oh, my mom, my mom, meaning like my mom wouldn't have let me play with you at all. We would never have been friends to begin with because of my, my mom didn't want me hanging out with people like you kind of thing. And it's the campfire scene is really powerful because it's basically just kids being curious at the end of the day. And the first question they ask her is what was your name before Hannah? And I love this scene because she, she sits like her two best friends that are still friends with her. are Like, are you okay? You don't have to answer this. And she takes a minute and she's like, I, I don't, it doesn't, I don't want to say it doesn't matter anymore. My name's Hannah basically. And then the kids don't question any of that. They just, the next boy is like, so why Hannah? Like, there is no judgment. They're just like, I. we've never been through this. We just have, you know how kids ask a million mm -hmm. questions. They're like, why is the sky blue? Why is the clouds white? Why is that? They just want to know why. And so it's unfortunately that usually the person they go to to ask why is the parent. So if the parent has a preconceived judgment about trans people, they're just going to spew what they believe. And then the kid's like, oh, that's bad. Okay, no more questions. But here they actually, they're just like, they just move on to the next question. They're like, okay, why Hannah then? Why this? Why, 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 why? And it's very innocent and just, 
if a kid has no preconceived notion about what this is, they just want to know why. And you tell them and they're like, cool, and move right the fuck on. There is no prejudice built into people. It is a taught behavior, like you said. And too many people do not understand that. And it's really sad. I love nature versus nurture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's cute. Nurture and hate. Ugh. I love that it was little boys around the campfire, yeah. too. Because, again... Yeah. Like, again, little boys who have no indoctrination about this are just like, I just, I'm curious. Why? Why, why, why? I love that you brought up nature versus nurture because they are outside around a campfire. They're in nature. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I do everything for a reason. Well, not everything. (laughs) get me. (laughs) Don't tell people that, Brie. Bree's the smartest of us all. She, yeah, that right. was a good. That's a good catch. Honestly, I didn't put that, I didn't put that together. Yeah. Um, I just. It's so like I've had so many friends that I've talked to about these kinds of experiences, and it's unfortunately too common for these. Like, as far as we've gotten with the community, it still lags behind for non-binary and trans individuals to the point where their lives are in so much more danger than, than they would be other, otherwise, if we had more progression in understanding of their lives. So... It's, it's, I like that they ask the question and they don't press it afterwards because it's a really huge point with, within the trans community. You know, you don't dead name people like, and you don't, Mm -hmm. if they don't want to talk about it, don't press that point with them. So I just really like that you don't see things with kids talking about this stuff on American TV. And it's just crazy that this whole show exists. Like you don't see it very often. And the lead is trans. Yeah. Like you don't see that period. Like, like this is basically, I believe this might be her story. But yeah, she's very open about everything. She just really wants to help people see that she's just a normal girl. Mm -hmm. But you brought up that the representation is not as prevalent for non-binary and transgender people. I really hate when people who are gay think that people who are trans are like wrong. I'm like, how are you going to be in this community and not, like, respect everybody? It doesn't make any sense. It's the worst. Honestly. I've ran into a couple of people, and, like, I don't, like, I'm not going to, like, say it's all these people, but they're always older. And I'm like, I don't how are that. you? Oh. Well, and it's, it comes with a, the lot of, a lot of obviously if if you're talking about older individuals it's not anything that even more than gay even more than being you know gay or bi or whatever it's just not 
at all entered into the conversation back then period end of sentence like that was just no and people unfortunately don't care to educate themselves about much of anything people normally consume media that goes along with their own viewpoints so for this show to even exist is amazing and also i just feel like it needs to be present everywhere like this kind of representation needs to be present everywhere more often yeah but agreed i'm not gonna try and psychoanalyze why people are like that from the different generation i'm sure there's reasons and it's unfortunate but the the important thing is is that we're we are moving forward like brie said and now things like this existed because this never would have existed like 20 years ago when I was a kid, like never like this never. So the fact that it exists now and people are telling their stories and living, you know, out in the open like this is huge and great. And that's the key. Like you have to, we have to normalize things because then if it's normal, it's not this big sin taboo thing that people want to make it out to be for like whatever the fuck they're using it for. Usually their own bullshit and political reasons but it's just like it's people being people like people have been trans since literally humans have existed it's it's really not that big big of a deal but because you've uh, anyway i'll get into that later it's just very aggravating the fact that this exists is is beautiful and any step in the right direction and i hope that this helps kids who are asking themselves these questions and um you know what would this look like for me kind of thing have shows like this yeah that's what matters before we didn't even have the conversation and now we're having the conversation and even though there are voices of dissonance like i don't know um hey jk rowling i'm calling oh you God. out yeah who was a fixture in kids media is a fixture in kids media it's just it's so sad that that she chose to Be a put herself forward in this case because honestly that's such a Harry Potter was such an influence influential piece of media in general, but like we don't need that. No. We do not need that out there. No. Just no, no, just no. no, and like again, pre well not again, but like pre this, like the trans representation would either be super tragic because mm-hmm. it, it's been dangerous to live like that for so long not to, not downplaying that at all like it's always been dangerous for s- stupid reasons just people suck but it's uh, the other way i feel like trans people were represented is as a joke yep like it was seen mm-hmm. as a joke like it's not mm-hmm. legitimate it's just a joke and like Gay people were portrayed like that for a while, too. Gay people were the villains in media. And we'll have a whole separate discussion about that at a later date. Or they're seen as, like, the flamboyant funny friend. Like, it's they're, they're delegitimatized. They're either, like, put on these polarizing spectrums of, like, the villain, the tragic person, or, like, this joke. And so we're getting to a point where, like, this is not a joke. This is just a kid being like, this is my life. Like, that's it. I'm just a kid. That's it. Like that, that is what's really important. Like, let's take it back from these extremes and be like, this is just a person. There's no magic here. There's no mystery. It's just a person. 
that's it. I think this is a great show for parents to watch as well. Mm-hmm. Because odds are they're very confused. Yeah. But being able to see this girl and like living her life. And yeah, there's going to be issues that she faces, but she's so happy. And like you get to see her just so happy with her friends. And yeah, when there's no people getting in the way, basically. And to be fair to the parents, it's like, if you, no one prepares you for this. Like, so like, you're not like, I mean, maybe there there will be going forward, like what, like what to do if this, if your kid comes out, if your kid, like things for parents to be aware of, because if they don't know, they're just going to get scared. And then scared people react horribly because they're not thinking logically. So it either gets violent, controlling, like it can go in a million different directions that aren't good for the kid. <laughs> so yeah, things like this would be important for parents, soon to be parents, to be like, oh, okay, if my kid comes out, like, this is how I be a good person to that kid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, moving <laughs> out of that category. I have no segues for any of this. Just say moving on. <laughs> moving yeah, on. That's, that's the segue. Moving on. Okay. So... The last scene in this section is just for like general representation. I'm gonna read my the one had like my description for this. It says Frank and Dave, Sesame Street, Brie is going to kill me for this one. I will not. <laughs> uh, I just thought you're gonna kill me for making you watch a little bit of Sesame Street. Why would that what it's important? It's Sesame Street <laughs> is so many it's like a classic iconic thing that it is, you know, kids watch. So I am like this is the do I wanna watch it in my time off? No, I'm not gonna watch Sesame Street. But <laughs> to discuss the importance of Frank and Dave just being there, chilling. Like a nor like they are a normal family, like yeah. We didn't like where 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 the hell was this? Oh my god, I know. I it's love so- that it's two guys yeah. as well. Yes, and, and they're adorable. The, they are the little adorable. girl's just like yeah, my dad's, mm-hmm. and then like I guess Elmo gets confused and like talking about all the different types of families. Yeah, and like yeah, this one's like dad and Papa and like. Hi, Caitlin. Yeah, I, there's a there's a line in there. I forget which of the dads says it when he, they're explaining the family and they're like, well, what makes us a family is that we all love each other. Mm-hmm. That's it. And That's what hug. makes a family. Yeah. I also love that later on when they're trying to hide Granny Bird from Big Bird, that they're all <laughs> sitting around the table and one of the dads is like, yeah, that's my new feather duster. Yeah. Or this is new feather duster. <laughs> that was cute. <laughs> okay, but I love that the whole scene because, like, I love this too because not only is it normalizing stuff because that scene too is this the the daughter was talking about oh this is the food we make at home we make vegetable lasagna like like we do normal shit like you do. But I, I I love, too, that they also just, they show different types of families, period. And so some of the arguments are like, well, you're not related by blood, so you can't be family. And it's like, hold your, hold your horse there. Because the different families being shown here is like grandparent, grandchild. So it's like, 
Okay, you're kind of removed a little bit genetically from each other, but they're a family. Then you have the step-sibling step-parent. Okay, not everybody is blood-related there. And then you have the cousins, so not directly related, but somewhat related. And then parents and kids in different forms. It's like a mom and dad that are biological to the kid, and then the, the gay parents and their daughter. And so it's like, these are all considered families. They're not all directly related by blood. Some of them aren't even related by blood. But what makes them a family is that they love each other and they live life together. And that's all a family is. There's nothing deviant about it. There's nothing sexual about it. It's literally, that's all it is. That's it. Yeah. And the kids just getting to see that. And like, they're not thinking anything of it. Mm-hmm. No. Like, they're not thinking about yeah any of that stuff they're just seeing two parents who love a child and we're like okay that makes sense yeah and so like they're just used to seeing it (laughs) yeah i want to make lasagna literally that's it Mm -hmm. (laughs) that was that was the whole cool part about there so happy that's on a very mainstream Mm -hmm. show for kids I hated Sesame Street when I was little. It's it's not so. for everyone. If you're if you're curious about Sesame, I love puppets, but I don't like Sesame Street. The history of Sesame Street is really really cool. Mm-hmm. I highly encourage you to look into it, like why it exists um, and stuff like that. It's a it's iconic for what it was. Its mission is, and it the fact yeah. that it's still running is fantastic. I mean, overall, it's it's a good show. But we've been talking a lot about supportive people. Oh boy, here we go. (laughs) And like the the rage part. (laughs) Things that went well. And we all know that that's not the only thing that happens. Unfortunately. So we're going, this part is titled Coming Out to Religious Families. Because a lot of times that is a big player in bad reactions to things. So we're going to talk about the unsupportive coming out to religious families first. And I mean, my brain immediately goes to Naya Rivera playing Santana in Glee. And also, yeah, I my first thing here is I love Naya. Me too. Yeah. She, uh, okay. I know a lot of people are like, didn't, or not a lot of people, I won't say that. Like people didn't enjoy santana in general because of her abrasiveness i don't there wasn't a time when i watched this show that i didn't love her character even though she was kind of an asshole and abrasive there was just the the way that nair played her was Mm -hmm. it was great it was layered like if someone just played that straight on as just straight up asshole it would come off so differently, but since she she the way that she portrayed portrayed her had those layers, and even the way the character was written, it was just I I, I grooved with it. You guys she got was my back in my glee feels. How dare you! <laughs> I only watched season four and half of five the first time, and that was Ooh, in twenty twenty. Caitlin, those seasons were terrible. Why would you yeah. start there, <laughs> Melissa? I see. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So then, then I watched the whole thing in 2021, I believe, and that's when I got attached 
Tunaya. Like I, because I saw her whole arc, yeah. and it it just it killed me. Yeah. Gosh. So. I just remember the first time I saw the the scenes where she's even she hasn't even like I don't think she's even come out yet to her grandmother, but she's kind of talking about it. And it's I don't know, it just it got me because your grandparents like you come out to your parents. That's like a thing. But your grandparents, that's a whole other thing, because Mm -hmm. especially if they are a religious grandparent that's i don't even know like i never even got the chance to come out to my dad before he died so my grandparents my grandmothers were dead before and so were my grandfather so i never had that experience and it was just interesting to watch santana go through that as somebody who literally went through this this uh plot line infuriates me because it unfortunately is real well hold on so we're talking about the scene where santana comes out to her grandmother at the kitchen table and has to get her to sit down and stop Mm -hmm. trying to feed her exactly now you may go off oh i wanted to go off about the whole thing this whole plot line is so fucked first of all like you have some clips in here but the whole her whole plot line about the coming out is so fucked First, Finn outs her in the hallway. Fuck oh, Finn. yeah. Yeah. I never then, then, in order to smear Sue, <laughs> the cheerleading coach. Who's oh, running, yeah. This. Who's running for, I forget, something, some political office. They, her op- opponent outs Santana to get back at Sue. And they're like, she has a gay cheerleader on her squad. And it's going to air all over the state of Ohio. And so that's how, so Santana's coming out is completely out of her control too which is so fucked Fucked. and i remember one of those heartbreaking scenes with santana is when sue shows her this and she's like hey i'm just letting you know this is gonna happen she starts bawling immediately and she's like i haven't even told my parents yet and like the whole state of ohio is gonna know like because of politics like somebody used santana as a pawn in politics and like she's like this is gonna ruin my life like wow like her coming out is so fucked up and traumatizing and then, I know that's okay. bad, but, like, she's even a child. Yeah, these are fucking children. Yeah, she's not 18. She's, like, 16, 17. She's a fucking child. And Sue, but Sue has the... Sue, okay, again, most people don't understand the point of Glee, and so, like, these characters seem dimension, one-dimensional, two-dimensional. It's because this is a fucking satire. That's why they're like this. Um, mm-hmm. But Sue has a heart at the end of the day sometimes, and, like, she shows Santana. She's like, hey, I just wanted you to know this because I know this is a big deal, and, like... So you're prepared for it. And so in the scene you showed us, Santana, like they're telling the rest of the cheerleading squad. And oh yeah. <laughs> I was going to get there, wait, but we were doing the one scene first. Wait, but I love Sue's line in this scene where she's just like, everyone in school has now come out. The long national nightmare of students coming out is over. <laughs> but no, she said every student who could possibly come out yeah, is out. Come out so fucking funny i love sue sylvester and that's a scene that didn't actually air so you have to watch it on youtube i fucking love Jalen. she's the best she is but anyway so the grandma scene unless there's more about that did you want to talk about that scene first since it's technically like yeah yeah no i i have something okay um sorry i hijacked i have a lot of feelings about this (laughs) i can tell sorry that's all right i have a lot of feelings about the next one so 
yeah. <laughs> I just I love I love her just speech to the girls because she's like, yeah, the Glee people said that it would help me if I did this. And like, I don't want to, but you know, she still loves them so much. That's why she's doing it. And like, she's like, all right, I'll try it. But my favorite line that she says is, and it doesn't change the fact that I'm a natural born leader and I'm not afraid to cut a bitch. I love saying that. But then the last one when she's going to sit down and Becky's like, I made out with a girl. <laughs> and Brittany goes, it was before I met you. <laughs> and it's I like, love Brittany. Brittany's line is so low. Like you, if you don't like listen for it, you can't tell what's happening. And I love Heather's portrayal of Brittany, Brittany. is just amazing. Like those two characters were my favorite. The same. Same. Oh my gosh, I love them. Same. Heather Morris and Naya Rivera made them. Those characters are literally background characters, but mm-hmm. they, because their performances yeah. were so good, they made them like main, not main characters, mm-hmm. but like in the main cast. Well, basically, th- they were my favorites I mean, too. I didn't pay attention to Rachel and Finn, so. Yeah, not a, not a don't care, don't care about, about those. Exactly. Favorites. Whatever. They were the best. I could have, like, you could have made the show. You could have taken them out of the show and I'd be happy. Oh my god. Yeah. But Ryan Murphy loves Lee and Michelle too much, which is why that didn't happen. How I the was... show got off the rails. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, but we're I not talking Glee earlier. <laughs> yeah, but no, I was like, what if I pick Glee for a topic? How do you think they would kill me? <laughs> no, I would talk about Naya We would talk about it for ninety three years. Yeah, I love them. Well, look forward to that because I have a feeling I will pick that at some point. They're one of my favorite shows ever. Uh, is it grandma scene time? It's grandma yeah, it's scene time. Grandma scene. This is the most realist thing ever because this is typical grandma behavior. Grandma's just trying to feed you, and you're like, I have to talk to you. <laughs> it's like, just eat, shut up, just eat. <laughs> but it's like, okay, no, no, no. And yeah, this is really hard for Santana because, again, there's like that generational difference here. There is the religious thing that's definitely there, and it's just like, Women behave a certain way. Man, men behave a certain way. That's just the way things are. We got where we are today because we followed that playbook. And here comes Santana, who has to be like, I'm not following the playbook and living up to the expectations you wanted for me. Mom and dad were cool with it. But you're more set in your ways than they are. And I will never, ever get over Naya's delivery of the line when she's trying to explain this to grandma and she says, when I'm with Brittany, I finally understand what people are talking about when they talk about love. That is the most like pure sentiment. It's just ever. And for her to admit that even as herself. Yeah. Yeah. Is huge. And so like, you talked about earlier, like the way Santana is portrayed as like bitchy and she's like, I'm always like super tough and this and that. This scene humanizes and explains why she's like that. It's exactly. it's literally her defense mechanism because she has a secret that's eating her away from the inside. That's this whole scene. She's like, it's eating me, eating me up. And like, I'm tired of fighting myself at this point. And it sucks because like, that's what this whole society shit expects you to do and grandma's response to all of this is like everyone has secrets santana they're called secrets for a reason yeah that was fucked it's so fucked but like is that not society how Mm -hmm. this works it's like 
we're constantly being performative with each other. And if you have a secret, you have to keep it hidden because if somebody finds out, they can use it against you and you fall down the social hierarchy, right? And so like, that's grandma. That's what grandma was raised in. And it implies too that like, while grandma is seen as this like righteous woman, she probably has her own secrets and she probably has her own things where she doesn't quite conform to the things she's, the box society puts her in. But grandma's like, hey, listen, if you have things like this, like the point is you keep them hidden. You fight that war with yourself forever. You never let it out because that's what the Bible says. It's a sin. You constantly fight it. If you're fighting it and struggling it, you're being righteous because that's what the Bible says. It doesn't, but sure. My theory is grandma's gay. There's something with grandma because like literally everybody has one of these things. Everybody. And whether they let other people see it or not is not the point. The point is like why like suffering is seen as this like righteous thing where it's like what? Like humans force other humans Mm. to be miserable for the appearance that they're pure and perfect. And it's It's so fucking stupid. It's so stupid. And Santana is at the point where she's like, I've been fighting this war with myself, but I'm so fucking tired. I'm tired of fighting this battle. And so there's like this generational trauma that like grandma's trying to pass on to her daughter or her granddaughter to be like, this is just the way it is. Like, do it. And Santana's like, no, 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 I'm fucking tired. Like, I understand what happiness is now. Like, no, there's no going back for me. Like, I get what lo- like love really is. Love isn't forcing me in a box because that's what the Bible says. Love is what when I'm with Brittany. Like, no, I'm not playing this game anymore. And like, ugh, I won't get into that. But there's a line that grandma says too that just pissed me off. And it's just, it's so true. This is the mentality. And she says, the sin is in the scandal when people talk about it out loud. Why? The sin is not the action itself. It's talking about it. What other people finding out about the secret. That's the sin. So dumb. That's so fucking stupid. But like, who? Who is determining that that's the scandal? Like, who? Is this God or is it people? Like, I don't know. It's It pisses me off so much because people hide behind religion to use it as this, like, excuse to, again, to absolve people of their shitty behavior. My grandma, the grandma's probably like, I don't understand this. I'm scared. I'm scared for you. Let's, like, I, I don't want to be scared. I don't want to be feeling this stuff. Like, go back in the box. Go back in the box. Like, I was, and she says later, like, you've made me uncomfortable. Like, that's what this really is. Like, she's just scared. Yeah, how dare and, like, you make me uncomfortable? How in my dare own you house. make Yeah, and that's what a lot of this outrage is about like, oh, how dare the Disney Channel show this to kids? It's cuz the adults are uncomfortable cuz mm-hmm. they don't understand this. And instead of trying to understand it and empathize, they're just like, no, I want to go back to not being I want to never, you know, you the sin is telling me. The t- sin is telling me not what you're doing by yourself. And now that I know I'm uncomfortable and I don't want to be uncomfortable. So like you need to go hide so I can be comfortable again. And that's what that's what this scene is. This is so real and so stupid because people do react like this because they're scared and they don't know how to deal with their emotions. Instead of dealing with their own emotions, they're just like, you need to change your behavior so I can go back to being ignorant about this and comfortable and living in my I own I have bubble. news for them. It's not about you. <sighs> yep. 
Oh, is pissed. I'm pissed. I'm also I'm also reading a book right now called A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. That's basically oh about this. Oh my gosh! Yes. Yeah, it's about this. So I'm super like sensitive to this topic right now mm. because people do it outside of the queer context. It's yep. just what our society is, and it's so fucking stupid. And Santana has another great line in here after Grandma explains all this, where she says, "I'm the same person I was a minute ago." Like a minute ago, you were just like, hey, eat like granddaughter. And then I made you uncomfortable and you're like, get out of my house. I'm the same person I was a minute ago. It's so fucking stupid. And the thing that breaks Santana is really she's like, you really, really would have preferred if I kept this a secret from you and that you didn't know me. Cool. The thing that really (sighs) hit me. And was like, I was really sad and angry about it. Is the you made your choice now? I've made mine. Uh She didn't choose it. I'm pretty sure if she could, she would never choose it. Yep. It's yep. Tragic that anyone would treat their any well anyone in general, but especially their grandchild that way. I don't. I just. Hmm. Don't put all of your trauma on somebody else. Stop that. That's dumb. Get out. That's all I've got to say. Yeah, and it's just it this whole thing and this why people react like this. It's not you can't just sit there and be like they're from a different generation. Like no, people from no. this generation do this. And it boils down to people being afraid. Yep. They're afraid of what they don't understand. And their response is not to own that, own their feelings. It's just to shun whoever is making them uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. That that's the response. That's why they want to erase us from media, ban the books. It makes them uncomfortable, and they don't want to deal with it. They just want they're like hide the sin, so I don't have to see it, and then I don't have to think about it, deal with it, and I can go back to ignorance is bliss. That's what this really fucking is, and it's so. It pisses me off so much because, I mean, I had a similar experience with my grandmother, so I understand this plotline a lot, unfortunately. Screw your grandmother. It's all like, why, <laughs> did you, why do you have to rub it in people's faces? I'm not. I'm existing. I'm telling you I exist. I'm not doing anything but, like, Literally. sitting here. Yeah, and it's like, the response, again, is controlling the other person. Like, why are you trying to control, like, you're trying to control me. Like, you're choosing to try and control me. Why are you making that choice? That's fucked up. Like, didn't God give us all free will and, like, you're trying to control me? Like, who the fuck gave you the right? Like, fuck you. And honestly, cut people like this out of your life, even if they're related to you, because it's not worth it. It's not worth it. This is so unnecessary. If they remain... of that... Go ahead. Yeah, oh yeah. There's your segue. There's your segue. Ooh. Oh no, that's not actually... I'm not segueing to the next thing. Oh, Oh, okay. Oh. I was going to ask, <laughs> I was going to ask, did anyone make it to season six of Glee? No. No. When all the okay. couples broke up, I stopped watching. <laughs> I was too mad. Okay. So Brittany and Santana get married. Mm-hmm. And Sue goes and tries to get the grandmother to agree to come to the wedding. And... She, the grandmother is still all stuck in the same way that she was and 
she's like, no, I do not approve. And Sue's like, okay, you know what? You're right. Let's, we should like, I have no idea. I didn't watch a scene to prepare for this, but like Sue like over dramatizes like she usually does of like hating Santana and like gay people to make the grandmother realize how she was behaving and how she's reacting Mm -hmm. and get like, this is still your granddaughter. And she eventually does show up to the wedding, but I kind of wish she didn't just like in general that Santana didn't feel like she needed her anymore. And like, yeah, she, she was a huge part of her life, but when someone feels like that towards you, you do not need them. You have people. Or, she found people around her who really loved her. So I think she showed up. She's like, I still don't understand it, but I'm here and I'll try. Mm-hmm. So it was like kind of a redemption arc. I still don't think it was enough. I think it. I think that was just added in there to be like, okay, we're not homophobic anymore. Glee's a mess, but I, yeah. I agree with that. Like even now, as someone who lives this with my grandmother, um, you ever talk to her still? Yeah, I mean th- that's what I was getting to, like for holidays and birthdays and things like that. But that what she did is always in the back of my mind. Like, redemption or not, that was your reaction. I will never forget that. I can't. Like, I can't. Like, I know I, the what you taught me by behaving that way is that I can never fully trust you. That's what I learned. And it sucks. And, and, and like, my grandmother has never made an attempt to, like, be... Because, un- like, it's okay to react that way and then... Like initially, like, cause when you don't know what to do again, when people are scared, they, they're not being logical. Like mm-hmm. it's been years and there has been no attempt to like really reach out to men to get to know my wife. My wife wrote her like a letter, like I love Julie has never been wrote her a letter of just like us living in San Francisco and like all the stuff that we've been up to. It has never been acknowledged, never been replied to. Are you kidding me? No. So that it's like bitch, I'm getting in my car I now. I know. I know. I should I won't shouldn't tell my dad, but I don't want to give him a heart attack. Um I, I feel like he needs to know at some point. Like oh, just his mother. Listen, I don't want to get on this on the podcast, but they get in fights all the time now that are political reasons. Can we cut this out? No, I'm not gonna okay. for you can infer what you want, political okay. differences. Um Okay where he and my mother it's the, my my dad's side of the family is a mess we'll leave it at that I <laughs> they're understand. messy people um, i understand yeah so but again like no like for santana too like even if like grandma is trying to make amends like in santana's mind it's like you chose to walk away from me and that's not something you forget like you're you're my blood you're supposed to love me but you walked away from me like I can never fully trust you and fully love you the way I did before like I was the same person I was when I walked in that kitchen and told you my truth and then you showed me your truth and I can never forget that Mm -hmm. I just remembered something I think Brittany went to her and invited her to the wedding she did she did because Brittany's the best 
Yeah, and that's so sweet. And then Sue found out that she rejected it, and then Brittany, we're like, "All yeah. right, I'll put it, take right. it into my own hands." Like she made Blaine and that was a mess. Get, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was that, the dual wedding. Season, we'll talk about it one day. That's what. Okay, listen. That's what scarred me for the motherland dual wedding because of the Glee dual oh, wedding, yeah. and I was like, "Oh yeah, God, yeah, yeah. we're doing this again." <laughs> yeah. See, and I thought, I mean, it was a straight wedding. But still, anyway, it was like, just, uh, yeah, but anyway. we'll talk about it later. Another, another time. <laughs> the point is, be a good, be an, being a good person is not sticking to arcane morals and shoving people in boxes. When people are telling you something, like, listen to them and support them. That's what being a good person is. Not being like, mm-hmm. I stuck to my morals and doubled down and hurt my granddaughter in the process. Like, come on now. It's so hubristic to think you know everything slash and better. Yeah, and it it's totally like hypocritical for the reason you're doing this. You're like, well, God told me. Yeah, no. Okay. Can I ask a question real Fuck quick? You, bitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What does hubristic mean? Um, it's like hubris is kind of like you're you know it all. You're. Uh, I always feel words rather than... Yeah, no, I understand that. I'll tell you. Hubris, the definition of hubris is excessive pride or self-confidence. Egotistical? Yeah. It's like excessive pride towards your, you know, defiance. Sounds good. Oh, Suki's in your room right now. That's right. Julie went to the store and just got back, so Kendra was barking. Oh, Suki's Suki is dead to the world. She's been asleep this whole time. Suki's tired. Suki's dead. <laughs> Suki's not actually dead for no, people. No, Suki is also fourteen and can't hear, so oh. she she can't hear very well. So she that coming home does not. She's out. That's great. So I can have her in here. That. Suki. I want to just meet your dog. I want to meet all the animals. I want to meet all the people. Someday. Someday. We'll get there. I want to meet Julie. Are we transitioning? Yeah, I was going to say, speaking of cutting people out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so I've never watched Grey's Anatomy at all because now I feel like it's too much of a commitment. You don't need to watch all of it. You need to watch the first five seasons and then stop. I agree. Yeah. It's a different show. It evolves into nonsense after that. Yeah. Don't, don't watch it past that. Yeah. So I have a feeling as soon as I stop talking, this is just going to go those two, uh, going at it, not at it, but you know what I mean? So I'm just going to say what I'm going to say and then I'll let you guys say whatever you want. So the scene that I put in here was, I guess she already came out. To her, is it her grand? Or no, it's her father. Mm-hmm. Um, and her father shows up at her place of work. It's Callie. Do- also. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Callie. Yeah. Um, oh don't show at somebody's place of work, but with a priest. And he lures her into a false sense of security, thinking that he accepted her. She hugs him and then sees the priest. And then she keeps screaming, you can't pray away the gay. And I love that she just doesn't care anymore and just screams it right in the middle of her work. <laughs> She's like, ER. She's screaming this in a crowded, mm-hmm. like, ER. 
I mean, um, the ER's heard worse, but still. Uh, yeah, but still, all these people are like, can I just get a doctor? And mm-hmm. like, this fight is happening. It's so funny. It's real. And so. then the next scene, I think they put it in the same video. Mm-hmm. Um, they're talking in a room. So she actually gives him the time of day to talk, and the priest is there. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> that, that dude <laughs> should not have been there. But her father says he doesn't know where he went wrong. And I just want to say you didn't because you you raised one bad bitch. I mean, so I assume from what I've seen because I don't know this character at all. You're right. right. And then he starts quoting the Bible verses like people love to do. But she throws it right back at him and goes off about all these different things. And... She's like, you're not my savior. Jesus is my savior. Mm-hmm. Again, not knowing this whole arc, I got really confused later because I saw a scene for like the wedding that I was like very confused. But I didn't have this in there for us to talk about, but I saw the scene. Damn it! Hi, Caitlin. Hi, Caitlin. <laughs> I saw the scene where Callie is getting married and her mother is just so unsupportive. So I didn't know anything about her mother. And she says, you are not a bride. I am not the mother of a bride. And this isn't your wedding. How can you say that to your daughter on her wedding day? And then I saw a scene with the rehearsal. Like the the wedding rehearsal. And she's just trying to get her to hold her granddaughter. Mm-hmm. And she can't even like look at her granddaughter. It's a baby. First of all, I know not babies aren't everybody's thing. But I'm just like that little child is so adorable. I wouldn't. I would have loved to hold her, but she like says, "Would you like to hold the bouquet?" And so they just keep talking about the child as a bouquet. And this, I had no idea what was going on because all of a sudden the father is uh, accepting, and he's like, "I'll hold the bouquet. I haven't had enough bouquet time." And I just thought that was so cute, and I love seeing him. Be so happy about everything. And yeah. So now you guys can talk about the entire arc and your thoughts. Okay, listen. And I can't wait to find out more. I have to go back because if you want to talk about coming out scenes, there's one in season four before Callie meets Arizona in season five. Yeah. Where Callie's first experience with another woman is when she starts seeing Dr. Han, the cardio specialist, who also has that kind of Santana vibe as in like she's a bitch for a reason. (laughs) But um, Han has a scene where it spooks Callie because she and Callie have spent the night together and she's like realizing and she's telling her like when she's relating it to a story when she was a kid she did ha- went and got an eye exam and got new glasses and she had no idea that she couldn't see clearly until she put the glasses on and she could see the leaves like the trees had leaves so she could see clearly for the first time and she's like that's, that's exactly what- how what happened when i got my glasses yeah so she's like that's what it's like what it's been like that being with you true. is like you're my glasses 
Yes. Oh, it's such a good cute. metaphor. Yeah. It's a really good metaphor and it's a really great scene. It's just unfortunate that at the time Callie's not ready to go right to that place with her. And so she kind of rejects Han and like keep, starts keeping her distance. Which she kind of gets a little bit of that thrown back at her later on when she meets Arizona and Arizona is very hesitant to date Callie because she's so newly out. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I don't have the, I want to date somebody that knows who they are already and is like yeah. gone down that journey already. I don't want to go back to that, which, you know, okay. That's sucks, but it's a legitimate viewpoint, mm-hmm. whatever. But don't just like reject somebody because of that. Like, because <laughs> obviously they get together, but that Han scene was such a great scene from coming out. And if you haven't watched it, I suggest you go watch it because it's, it's just, <sighs> I just love the metaphor because metaphors give me life. And that was a really great one. And the acting was wonderful. By the way, the actress cannot remember the, her name was the one in silence of the lambs that was in the hole with, he puts oh, the lotion yeah. on his skin. It's the same actress. That's right. <laughs> I forgot her name, but yeah, you're right. I forgot her name too. Yeah. So um, just a weird coincidence. But yeah, later on when Callie comes out to her dad, because I love the actor that plays her dad. So it like pissed me off even more to see yeah. him. Let, I was like, listen, but the way they handled it with the way Callie handles it is so fierce and real and the way that she just throws those those Bible verses right back at him and he just doesn't have like an a real answer. The police the priest is just sitting there flabbergasted. And then it's the scene afterwards when she goes and finds Cal or when Arizona finds her in uh I guess it's a lounge or something. Yeah. And she just like sits there and listens to her and then lets her cry. It's like you can see on Arizona's face how painful it is to watch Callie go through that and to know because it's just like it's so it's so weird to like watch somebody else that you really have those feelings for go through a terrible situation with coming out like that when you've already gone down through that journey. But poor yeah. Callie, I mean, she's gotta be scared of what Arizona's reaction is going to be because before she was like, I don't know if I want to date you because you're a baby gay or a baby bi you're just coming out. I don't know. But um, I really love that there is a separation with them for a while. And then when Arizona gets her shit together, finally, it's like, that's a really good scene too but this really fucking pissed me off with the priest like, first of all don't bring the don't bring yourself into the hospital and definitely don't bring a priest all right theora <sighs> hell. uh yeah this is another again just people hiding behind religion and the dad is all, like i'm trying to save your soul by like tormenting your daughter mm-hmm. with the priest but I will say at her work. 
at her fucking work. She's a fucking doctor. And you're attacking her at a hospital. A place that's healing people. The thing Jesus did. And you have the audacity to judge this healer. So I love all the Jesus stuff in here. Because to all these fuckers that are out here quoting the Bible. The Christian Bible. And they're like, oh, yeah, but this is what what it means. I this what Callie does fighting religion with religion is exactly what you do. And here's the deal. She did it the right way. She's like, Jesus, Jesus is the one we're supposed to be following, right? Jesus has said nothing about homosexuality ever. Read all the stuff that Jesus said, never said any of this. Jesus said to love each other. Jesus said to trust each other. Jesus said, all, and she's like, this is what he's the guy you're supposed to believe in, right? Yet you're not. Why don't you follow what he actually fucking tells you? So it's also pointing out the hypocrisy of all this stuff where they're hiding behind the Bible and not practicing what they preach. They're attacking other people, belittling them, tormenting them, judging them. You are not supposed to judge people. That is what God can only judge you, right? So like, it's just the hypocrisy with the priest there who says nothing because again, you have no ground here. Like, that's the whole thing. It's like, you're hiding behind all this stuff, but like, really, you you can't control me. You're not the ones who are going to judge me. She's like, Jesus is the one that's going to judge me, not you. Like, it's it's the hubris. That's what Bree said. This is fucking hubris, where you take this and you put it upon yourself to be like the one to enact what God wants. And it's like the audacity of this bullshit. She's like, no, no, no. I'm going to quote you, Jesus. That's the one I believe in. I'm living the way he told me to. So you have no, you have no ground here. So he has nothing to fight back because she's like, yeah, this is the stuff you're supposed to believe, right? Do you believe it? Do you? And walks away. And to be fair, like while she did the right thing, do even doing that to your parent, to a family member is so emotionally taxing to have to like go toe to toe to them over this. Cause you're defending yourself and they're attacking you. And it's just a shitty position to be in. And these are the people that supported her for so long and, and they're taking, so he takes away the monetary support that he's giving her because she's at this point, she's, I think a second year resident, second or third, I can't remember, but she's never really had to support herself. Her parents are very wealthy. And so this is like a thing, but Instead of being like, oh, crap, well, I guess I better conform. Callie's like, I'll do it. I will, you know, get this. Like, that doesn't matter to me. I can support myself. So she was, I guess, the character's lucky enough to have a job that kind of helps in that regard. But I just really love that she didn't have a moment's hesitation about standing her ground even when support, monetary support was pulled out from under her. Yeah. And like, think about the dad's rationale there. It's so fucked. It's like, I'm not going to financially support you because I'm trying to save your soul. So by doing that, you're forcing your daughter to suffer. Like you're the one that's making her suffer because you're uncomfortable and don't understand. And instead of understanding, you're trying to control her. It's the same. It's like, because like, I'm sorry, but that's what like these religions do. They're just, they're, they, they're controlling people. Like that's part of it. It's, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, right? The sheep following the leader. It's like, that's what he's trying to do to her. And it's like, you're causing her to suffer unnecessarily. And like, 
to Callie's credit, she, like you said, is like, no, fine. I'll take the suffering because I'd rather mm-hmm. be me than like go back in this box where I'm miserable to make you comfortable. Just like with Santana's abuela. It's, and people, yeah. it's, and I, anyway, I didn't watch that far into the show. So I guess the dad figures this out eventually. But yeah, like, he does. He comes around a bit, especially when you get towards the wedding part. And the mom, you really don't have a lot. Like, she's not in there a lot. The dad's in there more. And then when they do come to the wedding, which the only reason the mom shows up at the wedding is, oh, it's a whole other thing. But it's like, I like that it doesn't end with everyone being, like, super happy. I like that it that the mom doesn't just like super come around at the end. It's still uncomfortable because I don't think she'll ever get to that place like the dad did. But also there's a scene that that's really interesting in contrast to the parents because you've got Arizona's parents and Callie's parents at the same dinner table. Yeah. And Arizona's dad is pissed off that they're not accepting what you know that this marriage the marriage and the relationship and he's about to because he's a big military dude and he's about to like throw down because of them not accepting it's such a contrast it's really interesting because it's like they're insulting his daughter by not accepting the relationship which scene was that because i think i have a different scene that i'm thinking about there's a scene where they're having they get all of them together for dinner at some point i don't know i could be mixing up two scenes because it's been forever since i've seen it but that does i saw one scene where the arizona's parents are so upset well her dad is so upset because the sperm donor's there and he's like what's the sperm donor doing here that's this is a family dinner and then callie's dad is like i met these two people on the flight here and they're gay and they're on their way to the pride parade and he was just like so proud of himself for like meeting and talking to these people Super and cute. i just i love that he was redeemed and just the way that he's like i love my granddaughter like she's so cute <laughs> i might be misremembering the scenes but i feel like that 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 her dad expressed that at some point i may be wrong it could have been before it i haven't seen that many scenes i just i haven't seen them recently so um but yeah. You're muted. You're muted. You're muted. Said, if you need another reason to watch Grey's Anatomy, Sandra, Sandra O. Sandra O. Sandra O. Oh, yeah. I forgot she was in that. Baby Sandra. Bree, do you still watch the show? No. I stopped after Grey's. You need to watch season 19. I will watch the gay parts. Adelaide's in it. I know. But her character is so straight. I don't know if I can watch it. <laughs> there. Not even for her face. I'll watch it on mute. Um, no, I love her <laughs> voice too. Uh, but she doesn't have her accent, so. Um, oh, yeah. Any, anyway. Anything else about that whole arc? Nah, I think, I think I'm good. I think we're time to move on to the last infuriating yeah. one. Oh, yeah, that one. Oh, my God, I forgot there was one in between these. This is probably going to be the last one for this episode. All right. So and then we'll, we'll get back way. to the supportive side. 
next episode. Uh, so now we're going to move into Batwoman. Everybody's favorite show. Okay, I actually do like Batwoman. I, know I do guys, like Batwoman. I like Batwoman. I know, I like Batwoman. <laughs> it's just, I pissed off the people. I'm going to be the outlier. I did not like Batwoman. That's okay. It's because I don't like... It. Okay. No, go, go, sorry. It's because I don't like Ruby Rose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then, Ruby Rose. See, I like season two and three. The ones with Ruby Rose, I don't like. like Except this... like the other characters. Like, See, I like was great. I like season one because I like the the sister storyline, and I, I do love her. That was the only that. good part about it for me. I, I agree. Like, me too. But I could have. You could have put another actor in the place Correct. of Ruby Rose for that, and I would have been happier I'm on board with it. Yeah, but, but I, I like. Yeah, yeah. The actress that plays Beth is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. The other seasons are okay. I'm just, uh, I don't know. I don't like, okay, I don't like Bat- Batman and that whole universe in general. It's just not my thing. I also get frustrated with this this type of hero, which is usually women, where it's like the unrigid morality to a fault shut stuff, where it just gets annoying. I like all the other characters in the in I like the show. Megan Tandy in the She's show. Great. Like Megan's great, just she in is. general. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she's she loves to dance. By the way, she's yeah. funny. That's all she wants to do. As long as she can dance, she's happy. Yeah, the amount of times I ran into her right outside the hotel was a little <laughs> and like <laughs> random restaurant. It was just interesting. She was she's a people person, but she was always dancing yeah. <laughs> and getting people to dance. Yeah. So we were around her. So (laughs) anyway, this scene, you, you, you know what? You go ahead with this scene. I'm going to let you guys, cause you guys are very into it. Okay. Listen, this, this, this mother, we're back to the whole, I'm disappointed. That word, the D word, the D word like at first you think okay how is this gonna go okay we're get, and then she it just takes a turn and it's like the guilt is laid on and that is the worst it's like basically she's telling her well you're making life hard this doesn't you know basically like i'm disappointed this doesn't need to be like that it's your it's back to the whole this is, uh, it's just like back to the whole putting my values on to you have all of this stupidity that society has. Someone, like people over generations have declared that this is how things are supposed to be. So I'm disappointed that you're not conforming. Yep. But she says, yep. what did you expect disappointment to look like? Yeah. At the that's, end, yeah. That yeah. is Ugh. not even she's passive like, aggressive. We're on to like... Aggressive. aggressive yeah she's so like i didn't want to see that so look on your, on your face. face and she's like well what did you expect disappointment to look like no it's like it's like stabbing it's like it putting a knife into it and twisting it's like really and this ladies and gentlemen and gentle thems is the definition of indoctrination mm-hmm. <laughs> straight people do it all the fucking time But I I think the heartbreaking thing, too, with Sophie, there's a couple of things. 
in the beginning of the scene, so it's her coming out to her mom, who she hasn't told. So, like, Sophie has been gay for years. Years. And is now telling her mother. And in the beginning of this, you can tell that before she even brings up this topic, she's regretting this conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, the dread, like, ebbs off of Sophie. And she, like, knows it's going to be bad. And it's so sad to see a child this afraid of losing her parent. Because that's the fear. She's like, I'm really afraid of losing you, but I cannot do this anymore. Like, I can't. I've tried to conform for years. Like, years. Sophie has been lying for years about who she is. About keeping that secret, right? She even got into a compet marriage with a man to, like, hide her sexuality. So, like, she has been living a lie her whole life. And like the mom doesn't even like it, the conversation is basically like, Oh, I left my husband and we're getting a divorce. And she's like, cool. Um, that's great. I don't care that you're getting a divorce. You'll find a new man that you like. Mm-hmm. And like, that's cool. Like, that's cool. And she's like, no, no, no. Like I want to marry a woman and not, a, not, and not, a, and like, here's the deal. Like she's been like gay this whole time and nobody's like, okay, you've also like been forcing the dude you were married to, to live a lie because he was never going to get a future. Like you, you're mm-hmm. just, you're not only hurting yourself, you're hurting other people to maintain the lie. And that's the fucked up thing about it. And, and mom in this scenario is almost like, well, you should have kept living the lie. Just force it down, live the lie and like force the man to live a lie because like he's under the impression that like, Oh, I have a wife that loves me and all this stuff. And it's like, she's lying to you to protect herself because that's what society that's in the indoctrination, right? Is keep the secret and then like live the lie, right? That's what society tells her so that you avoid this disappointment. And that's, what's so fucked up. It's like, nobody really sees the collateral damage in living the lie to pretend you're, to conform to conform to what people want you're hurting other people in the process it's so just fucked and mom was like yep leave that man find a new one like divorce that's totally cool totally fine the minute it's a woman she's like i'm out disappointment disappointment it's like it's so fucking stupid i don't even know there's not a whole lot more to say it's just frustration it's very frustrating. It's very frustrating to have the parent who's like, I'm supportive of you being happy as long as happiness is what I envision for you, not what you envision for you. It's the worst. Thanks. I hate it here. Yep. So I know we're not leaving on a gr- happy note, but I think it is important because now you're all going to just sit with this feeling. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs> and... Yeah, just sit with the feeling. Think about it. <laughs> just think about it. Put How do you feel about all world. of this? <laughs> yeah. But anyway, next time we will come back and we start with a pretty funny scene, I feel like. It's so, going to be good. It's going to be good. Until next time. Goodbye. Let's be in Jesus. Oh, yeah. I'd, hydrate. Hydrate. Every <laughs> hydrate for all those people that got screwed that we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bye. 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 And with that, we've been Big Gay Energy. If you like this episode, check out all of our other episodes on whatever you're using to listen right now. Please subscribe and like all the things. 
If you happen to be listening on Apple, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review, no matter how brief. This is what Apple uses in their algorithm to uh, help us gain a wider audience. So please, please, please help us out. Yes. And please feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you about everything and anything. And if we like it, we'll probably give you a shout out on the air. You can find us at all the things, Twitter at Big Gay Energy Pod, Tumblr, Big Gay Energy Pod, Instagram, Big Gay Energy Pod, or you can email us at BigGayEnergyPod at gmail.com. Until next time, stay safe and hydrate for lesbian Jesus.